In sports, if you want to be the best, there are no off days. Well, hello, friends. Welcome to Nance Week here on the No Off Days podcast. I am Scott Smith, and to my left, Chris Cato. We got BK in the booth, and we are ready to go. It is, uh, you know, the venerable Jim Nance is in no greater demand than this week on the sports calendar as he finishes the Final Four and then looks ahead to the Masters. I yes. mean, this is we celebrate this man, and that and that was his final Final Four as yes. well. Yes, his calendar will be less full next year at this yeah. time. Because, well, now yeah. he's now he's going home. He lives in in Butler's cabin. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm at least in my dreams he does. Uh, so, his last words on the Final Four in the championship game was, "Everybody has a dream. Everybody has a story to tell. Just try to find that story." And then he ends it with, "Thank you for being my friend." And then How about that? Estelle Getty comes out of nowhere along with the other Thank Golden you for Girls. Being my friend. <laughs> you will yeah. see the biggest gift. No, it was uh, it was a beautiful <laughs> tribute by him, and kind of kind of sad to yeah. watch a. Uh, I think he started with the Final Four broadcast in 1986. Yeah. You mentioned going home to Butler's cabin. He's actually from Houston, which is where the Final Four. No. No. no? He's from Butler's cabin. He li- okay. Yeah. All right. We it's won't like let that Mr. dream Rogers. die. He yeah. lives in the fireplace <laughs> he there. He does. He comes down the chimney <laughs> once a year. Like, like Santa Claus. Hello, yeah. friends. But no. It was nice and uh, yeah he transitioned straight to Augusta well I want to go over the most like syrupy Nance lines uh, because um, because <laughs> Brian King our um, illustrious producer uh, he's not he's a he's a Jim Nance hater I'm just gonna call spade a spade let's bring <laughs> wow. him in yeah BK you didn't know I was gonna do this oh we had we had a oh wait a minute we had a big discussion last night it went into the wee hours of the morning which they typically do but this is when he dropped this bomb on me that he is he's not a Nance guy. And uh, and I feel like it's because you're unpatriotic. Is that true? <laughs> unpatriotic. No, I, I just don't. I think some of his <laughs> lines are just like pre-contrived. I mean, well, sure. And, and okay. so it's I, I'd rather have the more genuine play by play guy. Like, OK, like uh, give us an example of, of well, the creme, ideal. creme de la creme. Yeah, my my all time favorite who I just I could listen to every single time he he called a game was Doc Emmerich for okay. for NHL yeah. and uh, Doc does have he has electricity in his voice right yeah that, that is true Jim's a different guy I mean I don't want to call him Jim <laughs> Mr <laughs> Nance yes, he's please. got he's just got a different he's from a little bit different era uh, and he he is the blueprint for a lot of of the guys in our industry and uh, I think that when you listen to someone like that for so long they kind of become a, a caricature of themselves yeah because they were the forerunner they blazed the trail so um anyway so without further ado i'm going to give you the most syrupy jim nance lines uh we'll start first 2009 masters augusta national an oasis of career defining moments Okay, that's all right. That's not, it's not uh, bad. Yeah. It kind of sets a scene. Uh, 2004 Masters. This is uh, when Phil won. This was the Phil jump year where, you know, he got uh, a quarter inch off the ground. Today at 18, will the music be reserved for him at long last? Yeah. I, I don't see. That's not bad. I, I don't okay. know. I all mean, right. it's not easy, I think. I think this is going to, gonna, this, is, this one's going to get under Brian's skin. 98 Masters. This is Jack's last Masters. Uh, Marco Miro actually ended up winning that year. When the sun rose this Easter morning, there was tranquility in Augusta, a gentle preamble that suggested something improbable was about to evolve. Oh, I'm not okay. sure what that means, but... Um, that sounded like... What, Brian, are you with like us still? 
little Scott <laughs> sounded like uh, the Dateline guy doing Jim Nance. <laughs> oh, Keith yeah. Morrison. Keith Morrison. <laughs> yeah. Ah. And then we learned <laughs> Augusto <laughs> was trying to kill him. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I think that last one did sound super contrived. Yeah, but, I, mean, I mean, you can't hit them all I out of the park, right? I don't not like him, but come on, just a... Champion golfers who etched their name in history where the primary color is green. Okay, that one's a little corny. Yeah. I found another but, I found another quote. I don't think this was part of a broadcast, but he said, I don't like hot takes any more than I like hot cakes. <laughs> and I thought, well, wait, wait a, minute. a minute. Does he not like so, hot cakes? I don't want to ruin this. If he doesn't yeah. like hot cakes, then I might have an issue it, with it. And ironic, you called these syrupy lines. We can't have hot cakes without yeah. syrup. Yeah, no, I love keep the hot cakes coming. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah. so, Brian, you're still going to hold – you're gonna hold to that. You're well, anti I have nothing against him. He's just not one of my favorites. Sounds I mean, like you anti have something Nance. against him. No. <laughs> Definitely anti. Anti answer. No, that's, I think we'll okay. get somebody. <laughs> I mean, has have they said who's gonna be his replacement next year for basketball? Irreplaceable. It's like following Please. the goat. Yeah, okay, they'll just go. have a, a mop standing up there, and <laughs> and then you'll have his color commentator next to it. <laughs> just like push a button, uh, and it it shoots out one of those lines. I miss Vern Lundquist. In football. Uh, oh, that's another name. BK. Oh, does BK's he not like – is he an anti-Vern? He's, he's not a Vern guy either. <laughs> what? Brian's an He's SEC very opinionated guy. about he's it. He's got to like Vern. Vern is just – the Vern's oh best call was the uh, the Tiger chip in at, what, 16? I think he always does 16. At, at in Augusta. your life. Right. Yeah. That was that was iconic. That was – you know, he's off had the a cuff, bunch of good perfect, ones, though. But and you're saying it was down, it was downhill from there. He oh, had yeah. so many in college football. Brian, you'll remember this: 2009 national championship game, Alabama, Texas. McElroy trying to stay in bounds. Vern says he Barishnikovs down the sideline because yeah. he's hopping on one foot yeah. before. Uh, this is that's not you can't make right. this stuff up. I, I yeah. know, but I, and I, Vern, nice guy and everything. But I just kind of think it maybe those last two years, maybe he should have kind of. Maybe mm. retired a little bit earlier. Well, that's what they're saying about me and Scott now. Well, yeah. they're saying about me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks like we're never going to get Jim Nance or Vern Lundquist on the No Off Days podcast. But who do we have on today's podcast? Hopefully it's to your liking, BK. It is NASCAR week again. Well, yeah. well, we got the Fox race this weekend at Bristol. The dirt race. Remember they put the dirt all on the high banks there at oh, the yeah. track? Todd last, Gillen. last year was the first one, right? No. The no. last year was the second one. This will be the third okay. one. All right. And uh, so we'll have Todd Gill. He's the driver for the uh, Front Row Motorsports car. He will join us. And then also, this is going to be so fun. I'm looking forward to this. Joshua Felder, local kid who's a local actor, and he's a entrepreneur. He's everything, an ambassador. He's in that movie Champions, you know, with uh, Woody Harrelson. Yeah. Yes. He's going to join us. He's from Hillsborough High School. Had no idea. I didn't either. Well, putting so, us on the map, baby. Yes, he is. All right. So he'll join us. So the look biggest for- star since Patrick Wilson. This well to come out of the Bay Area. It's pretty know? big. That yeah. is. Well, very cool. Uh, we're getting into the, the little movie talk. I like it. Yeah, we're t- we're taking our show to Hollywood. This we're going to get. Can, it, can we get Woody Harrelson too while while we're at it? One thing at a time. All right. Okay. All right, here we go. Calm down. All right. Thanks, BK. We'll catch you. Oh wait, wait, wait. And we have the revealing of. Oh, 
the uh, serial You're starting champion. to wheel that squeaky chair back. I we don't was, want. Don't man. do that yet. It's nap time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we uh, have the revealing of the serial bowl champion. Okay. Good. Yes. Yeah. Right. Finally, we the world the, has been buried the lead there. I think. Yeah. Okay. Very good. We'll, we'll hit all that uh, in a little bit. Thank you, BK. If you are listening and you want to watch, go to fox13news.com slash nodpod. If you're watching and you want to listen or subscribe, take out your phone, zap that QR code on the screen, and it'll take you to a, a bevy of all of our shows. Um, and uh, I, I dare say that even the likes of Vern and, G- and Jim Nance would be on board with what we've done to this point in time. Except for that last we segment don't have, with Brian. We don't have but. the syrupy one-liners, but um, we certainly have the hotcakes, and we'll, we'll bring them for you. So check it out. Um, okay, so we have basketball. The college basketball season is now uh, wrapped up. UConn, congratulations to the Huskies. They have won the national championship, uh, topping San Diego State earlier this week. And, uh, you know, it kind of does bring up a a little bit of a a question as to how much we want these Cinderella teams to go on a run. Because, you know, I think viewership was a little bit down. Mm -hmm. Attendance was down. BK was telling me that they were going for like 40 bucks a pop to, to watch it in person. Right. Didn't sell out. Correct me if I'm wrong, BK. Pop it. He's time. napping now. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. He's he's out. Um, so you know, if you have if you have blue bloods, if you have big time programs, you have a couple of one seeds. Yeah. Presumably, you're going to have better ratings and you know higher attendance, right? And I think Houston you need. Better. Yeah, I think you need one villain. If we can say villain or blue blood, you need one giant left, at least one. And to, I to think create UConn a compelling is that to a certain degree. Well, I, I mean, think we forgot. Back. I think we kind of forgot that's, how great that's they probably are. True. But yes, I think they can wear that mantle now. But going into this, they're a four seed. So yeah, I think you're exactly right. We um, overall, though, I think a great tournament. I I love. If we have to live with more Cinderellas in the Final Four, I'm okay with that. Yep. I, I think it was good basketball. I mean the the. National title game was a bit of a clunker. I mean, UConn was just so much better than the Aztecs. But it, it's the best postseason in in sports yeah. to me. And, but the only thing is that it's a little bit inverted. Where you know, in any other playoff system, the games kind of get better with more intrigue as you go on. It tends to be that the, it's the opening weekend yeah. of the NCAA tournament that's unlike anything else. And then kind of viewerships tends to fade as there's less rooting interests. And you know, if we have to be honest everybody that's betting on their bracket and it, it crumbles in that opening weekend they're like well dude, i'm done okay i'm checking out yeah uh which you know yours truly included but if you look at san diego state's run they go through 12 seed charleston 13 seed Furman. of course they had one seed bama in there but six seed creighton and, and nine seed fau i mean that's if you're gonna have kind of an easier road and i i hate to say that because they earned it along the way but man but it, it was a path right yeah. and then the way the creighton game kind of ended with the was it a foul right. he put his hand on his hip did you notice that that highlight made it in one shining moment where they they don't show the guy's game-winning free throw they show the foul that maybe you should not have put him on the free throw line. I thought yeah. that was well. They they yeah uh, they know what they're doing. Yeah. yeah, they also had that one where the guy's face bounces off the ground. That was good. Yeah, that was an Alabama player yeah. on oh, his face. Was, yeah, how is his face grinding his? No, he, the Alabama player was grinding the guy's oh, face yeah, into that the. Was, okay, you you know how we I are. I mean, UCon- yeah. UConn dominated, man. I mean, their average margin of all their victories there was twenty points. Yeah. So I mean, they went out and they earned it. They took it. So congrats to them. Um, on the, on the women's side, LSU over Iowa, and LSU, kind of a similar story. I mean, just beating up on teams. Uh, by, by the way, shout-out to local product from Lakewood Ranch, Ladesia Williams, a member oh. of the LSU Tigers. Okay. And, uh, so she is now a national champion. Nice. Uh, but 
afterward, um, the the first lady, Jill Biden, invited not just LSU to the <laughs> White House, right? Like she said, let's hey, we can be friends. Come on, Iowa. You're this welcome. Was an odd suggestion. <laughs> I don't. I'm never going to accuse a first lady of any party of speaking out of turn. But she was giving a speech in you know Denver the other night, I guess, and said. Yeah, I think we should invite Iowa, too, because they played such a good game. Now, that's the problem where I that's where I had a little problem, because, yes, Iowa was amazing to watch in this tournament. And oh, by the way, inverse of the men's tournament, the women's ratings were off the charts. But in that championship game, Iowa did not play defense. They did. I'm sorry, First Lady Biden. They did not play a really good well, game. If you're Their looking for her awful. for your college basketball analysis, you're probably looking in the wrong spot. Yeah, probably so. But it wasn't it an odd suggestion though to, to think of this. You know, the invitation to the White House is a long-standing tradition enjoyed for the champs. By, yeah, and it's been always for the champs. So that was a big <laughs> leap there to go to. Let's She's invite Iowa. Across the aisle, right? Iowa, or maybe it's because Iowa is an early voting state. Like that's all I could figure. Like they caucus. Uh, there we go. B- See now that anyone be else. It. Yeah, but uh, it made me think. Like, well, what other? I, By the is, way, we should mention the White House has since walked that back. <laughs> They've walked that back. So yes, it's, but it's it, not a standing invitation. Yeah, but that would ruin our discussion if we dwell on that for too okay. long. I, I'm just saying it made me wonder. I think it's a novel idea having the runner-up spoil the special moment of the champion. So, yeah. you know, what other traditions in sports could we apply this to? Should we have had San Diego State cutting down part of the net? Like, they, they, UConn they gets most of the net. They deserve to cut down a, a couple of those They snip some strands. Yeah, just let them get up there. Yeah, or, or maybe it's – um. You know, Jalen Hurts goes to Disneyland with Patrick Mahomes. He doesn't get to get up on the float with Patrick, but he, he gets has to, to sit in the back of the ride. Yeah, you know, but he still like, has a great time. Okay. Yeah, and you know, or it could be um, well, spinning it ahead to the Masters. Uh, the the Masters winner gets a green jacket, and maybe the runner-up gets um, something to complement the jacket, a like, green vest or, or a pants, some nice green <laughs> pants. You know, I think well, we we've could... been wondering where those pants have been. This I mean, is... <laughs> all these years they're buying these green suits, and then they just chuck the green pants out. You know, my goodness. Uh, but the bigger story in in the ladies' tournament was this rivalry between Angela Reese and uh, or Angel, Angel Reese, Reese rather, yeah. and Caitlin Clark. Yeah, and this kind of smack talk back and forth which to me look I mean this is reminiscent of so as a recap Caitlin Clark star player for Iowa best player in college hoops for on the lady side of things and she does this you know you can't see me thing a John Cena move you know and and she was doing that throughout the tournament she's a little brash smack talker herself and then the tables were turned after LSU had won by Angel Reese uh, who kind of went out of her way to make, make sure she saw that it, and it, it reminded me of the, the Dodger fan that made the proposal to his, his uh, now fiance. And got crushed. Right. Yeah. So did the security guard go a little bit overboard? Did, I mean, did he have to level a concussion-inducing blow to his head? Could he have just, you know, handcuffed him or take him, taken him off the field? Sure. But if you're going to come down on the field, well, the kid gloves are off. All right. right? So it's all fair game. If you're going to engage in smack talk, back to my analogy here, if you're <laughs> going to engage in smack talk, then you have to be willing to take it. And I think Caitlin Clark was willing to take it. But um, I, my biggest issue with that was um, the move. Like, the John, do we have to pull out like a the 20-year-old WWE? Yeah. I mean, if you're going to do any WWE move, 
it's got to be the Hogan ear, right? Right. I mean, like, bring that out. Or drop the people's elbow on someone. I don't know. Well, Maybe hacksaw, that's going to. Hacksaw Jim Duggan did Oh, the, yeah. If you could stick out <laughs> stick your tongue and a big thumbs up with your uh, a two by four over your shoulder. There you go. Now yeah. you've earned it. You know, my, my whole problem with that whole situation is the public reaction to the smack talk. Like, really, is this the time where we're going to debate whether this is sportsman it happens all the time like i feel like everyone on social media or all the people that reacted to it have never watched basketball i mean every level any sport down go to a local junior high game you'll see smack talk this is part of there, it yeah no i agree i, I do think that reese kind of went out of her way a little bit to to send that point home yeah. and after you have already thumped a team it does come across as a little bit of poor sportsmanship um but again like I get it, I get both sides. I, I I'm not a huge fan of smack talk, but if you're gonna do it, you got to back it up. I've played golf and with you before. You you talk well with you. You you talk yeah. a pretty good game. Yeah, but that's it's all in good. <laughs> but you do rhythm. back it up. I will say that. But no, I feel like there was a huge overreaction. Come on. All right. Speaking of smack talk, do you think there's gonna be some this week at Augusta? Gosh, I, mean, I hope you so. got you got the Masters and the PGA Tour guys, and now here come. The bad boys, the yeah. live golfers. 18 of them are coming to play at the Masters, and uh, everybody's kind of, oh, it's going to be what's some going, bad what's blood going to in the, on the yeah. golf course, which I yeah. kind of, I like that. I like it, that storyline. Yeah, golf needs it. And it's not just that these 18, li- do we have a name for them? The livers, the lives, the live golfers? Anyway, it's, yeah, livers. It, the livers. It's not just that the 18 livers are playing in the Masters, it's that there's this champion's dinner that takes place every year. Uh, two days before the opening round, and I think it's happening tonight as we tape. As we tape it, they're yeah. probably chowing down on. Let's look at the menu. It's um, so past champion gets to pick the menu, uh, and uh, Scotty Scheffler won Scotty last boy. year. Yeah. He's from Texas, so the menu for this champions dinner is basically right out of my dream. It's a cheeseburger sliders, firecracker yeah. shrimp, tortilla okay, soup. So, so th- are those the two apps? Well, I, I don't know. I haven't been invited. I don't know what you would call it. Well, I, I, hope, maybe that it's the, I hope sliders are the appetizer. If that's the main dish, <laughs> then you started out disappointing. Well, let, let me get through this, and then you'll, I think you'll see. Firecracker uh, shrimp sounds good. Uh, Texas ribeye. That's got to be your oh, entree. Oh, yeah. That's, okay, there you go. Yeah, so you're warming up with sliders. That's a, I'm that's a, that. str- that's a strong <laughs> I'm open. I'm good with that. And then finish it off with a chocolate chip skillet cookie. Oh, man. Now so you're I'm, speaking my language. I feel like we should have been Scotty. invited to this thing. Okay, but here's where I was going with this. Oh, this yeah. is only for the past champions of the Masters. Well, six of the live golfers are past champions. And so Indeed. that's kind of some of the talk is that is this going to be – a really awkward dinner. Obviously, the public. I hope so. Yeah, me too. The media isn't invited. So I want we a don't, food fight. We, <laughs> skillet cookie in my, your eye. Here's just a skillet. It probably doesn't help that, you know, a couple days ago, Fred Couples, who will be there, called uh, Phil Mickelson a nutbag and called Is Sergio Garcia. That's a compliment, I think. That should be on the menu. Yeah. A nutbag. <laughs> That's that's your appetizer. There's a skillet cookie. Everybody, take your lefty bag. Yeah. Um, ah, look. Yeah. You know this this whole thing with I, the fact that PGA Tour golfers are so offended at these guys going out and trying to make a buck playing in a different tour to me is ridiculous. I never, I've never gotten that argument. I get why the PGA Tour doesn't like it, but I feel like all these other guys are are simply mouthpieces for the league. When the reason that these guys were pushed to the live um, is because 
they're trying to advance golf in other ways. They're trying to make it more profitable. Of course, everybody's trying to make as much money as they can. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but that's what every golfer is doing. Right. Right. So I, I think that, uh, look, bring on bring on the rivalry. Bring on the uncomfortable moments. I'm for it. It's kind of like, uh, to make another WWE analogy, it's like in, when Hulk Hogan, um, you know, went to – what was it, NWO? And he, was, it, yes. he was Hollywood Hulk? Yeah. yeah. He, I like that. I want reached. Phil Mickelson is my Hollywood Hulk. I want him to be the bad boy. I want him to step on a couple toes. He, he already has done that. Um, but, you know, good for those guys. And But we'll see. I think what will really be awkward is if one of these live golfers is in contention. Yeah. And I think there are some guys that could. Brooks Kapka is playing really good right now. Um, mm-hmm. Cameron Smith, I think, uh, let's see. I have He finished third in the live tournament last weekend so your yeah. your best odds right now scotty scheffler's defending champion is um i don't know what the plus 650 he's he's the number one guy right followed by rory john rom and then cameron smith who's a live guy mm-hmm. so he's coming in at four by the way tiger 27th on that list oh. so at plus six uh, six thousand some so, value there yeah uh, i that's yeah. all i i'm rooting for tiger i want to see tiger even though even though i'm pulling for the live guys a little bit as well yeah one more final point on this i hope instead of awkwardness the pga tour players actually say thank you for what you've done because live forced pga's hand pga is now handing out money the purses are bigger in all of these tournaments they're actually making more tournaments where the top players are playing each other. They created out of thin air this player impact fund that's already paid out $100 million to 40 players. Where was that money before? Yeah. I think Phil had a point when he said PGA might have been being a little stingy. Yeah, say thank you to the nutbag. <laughs> All right, so Tiger, is he's just doing four events this year. Uh, he's, he's dialed it way back. But in another sport, we see the guy that is the, the top of his field. He's not taking any days off after the name of this show. Joey Chestnut, the the ultimate eating goat of all time. Uh, he's just doing kind of like one-offs. He he went and performed, and I, I, I'm going to call it a performance. He ate uh, wings in a timed fashion just for the Detroit Pistons in their locker room. And but so he's doing like private shows. For free? No, he's getting paid I think for this. He was, I think he was representing an, uh, like a nonprofit. Okay. Uh, so, but even that, he's eating for a good cause, and I'd love to eat for a good cause. Normally, it's just eating for my <laughs> growing waistline, but uh, I think he's getting ready. He's stretching out the uh, the old belly there for the uh, Nathan's Hot Dog competition on the fourth. But I like the private showcase. He downs thirty eight wings in three minutes and thirteen seconds. Three thirteen is the um, it's the area code in Detroit. So that's oh, I, is that I, why I believe okay, that's, that's why, why they, they did, did that. that. But right. he's just performing for the love of the game, and that's what we like, right? I mean. Yeah, it's, it kind of brings you back to the early days of eating competitions when you just did it <laughs> because your just, buddies just dared you. you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness, I hadn't watched this video um, yet until just now as you were talking. Oh, I'm. Uh, oh my gosh. Well, the players, He's, the Pistons faces, the looks of disgust. Oh, this one. <laughs> I think that's their center. He is yeah. just. His eyes are huge. He. Sh- oh my goodness. Yeah, it's it's a tough thing to watch. This guy just devouring this. Um, and I'm trying to figure out: is he going? Oh my goodness! He's just, he's putting entire. There's like he's eight not wings eating bones. I don't think he's eating bones. Eight wings in his mouth now. Yeah. Well, that's part of the rules. As long as you can close the lips, I think, and the f- mouth is still in the food, that counts. He's getting a, a big There's, round of He's applause. eating a lot a lot grosser things. I yeah. mean, even the hot dog competition, he's dipping that in the oh, lemonade or the, the water. I mean, yeah. so I think wings are okay, but um, I think this is this actually undermines my big wing point um, that I've stood by for years now. Uh, flats 
uh, over over the drums for yes. sure, right? Amen. Are we, there's oh, no disagreement. No, okay. now if you had asked, because he was, I think I'm pretty sure they were just flats. He was like, he was ripping, uh, deboning in one fluid motion. No, the article here says he ate flats and drums. I only saw flats, um, but yeah, drums would take a little bit more time. If you ask 15 year old Chris, what's the better wing? He's gonna say drumettes because I think that's what kids gravitate to because it looks like a little chicken leg and yeah. you can hold it easily. They're adorable. But if you want the best meat, that's on the flat. Yeah. Like and, it's, and it's, I think it's the cleaner yeah, uh, it's just, dismount, right? Yeah, you can go, you don't have to go horizontal either. You can just do, you can yes. do vertical and of just course. strip. No, I wouldn't trust anybody that, that went horizontal. <laughs> anybody that eats a flat like that is, how, they're not to be handling these. How do you eat your corn? Horizontal, right? <laughs> Just like Joey Chestnut. I just put the whole cob in and then I spit it out empty. An empty cob comes out. That reminds me, like if you had like food eating competitions, I think they need to counter, they need to take into account the fact that you have an obstacle in the bone, right? Like that is, that doesn't really go, that doesn't test your metal as an eater. That it's like um, finger coordination, really. Yes. Like if you had a, a, a king crab leg, eating oh. competition like that's or you, pistachios or something got to work around the shell yeah or a pot pie because those things are like friggin lava on the inside like they if it's are. just too hot you know yeah. like can you how many hot steaming <laughs> hot pies can you <laughs> what a, a hot pocket <laughs> hot pocket from my tongue uh, that would yeah. that'd be tough yeah so how many wings do you think you could put down in 3 minutes well i was i ate at glory days uh, last weekend and i me and a buddy we put down 24 and it, they seemed to vanish pretty quickly 24 that's pretty good yeah. that's good work i was not competing against him uh, although i do count bo- bones i, I want to make sure you are <laughs> wait a minute hey we got two dozen and you're i see 13 piles of bones there um, after, after you ate guy. more than him did you wave your hand in front of your face like you can you can't see me I just, I just Actually, dogged no, you. No, I could see more of you. You're growing in front of me as we speak. <laughs> did you guys go uh, drumettes and flats, or did you? Well, yeah, are you we, one of those picky I don't think tables can, that says? I don't think you can pick. I've never, I've never. Some seen places it. you can. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, if I, uh, I should have asked. Yeah. I usually just go off the menu. I'm well, this sounds like a good date you had with your yeah friend. It was a fun time. Glad I was invited. Well, you were, but you decided <laughs> to not show up. So, um, hey, what do you say we talk to somebody else? Not about wings, but maybe a little bit about racing. Love it. Well, Sunday night on Fox, we got a big race. Bristol Dirt Track under the lights. You can catch our guest there in the Speedy Cash 38 Ford Mustang with Front Row Motorsports. We welcome Todd Gilliland to the Nod Pod. Todd, we, we got super speedways. We've got road courses. We've got dirt tracks. Do you have a favorite? Yeah, I think, like you said, I just love the diversity of our schedule. Um, <clears throat> I think this is the most fun part of it, uh, honestly. You know, we go from Richmond to Bristol Dirt to another great short track at Martinsville. Um, And then, like you said, to Talladega. So I just love doing something different every week. Um, You know, I love the small doses of dirt. I've always had a lot of fun uh, at them, but, um, you know, only doing it one or two times a year definitely keeps it really fun also. Small doses of dirt. That is, of course, the key. I mean, last year you ran the Knoxville truck dirt race, kind of a one-off for you. You won it. Uh, so give give our viewers, our listeners, an idea from a driver's perspective. I know there's some sliding around, but w- what are the things that you kind of have to calculate when you're on the dirt track? Yeah, I think, um, you know, really the tracks just change so much more than, um, you know, anything we're used to. It's it's funny on a asphalt track, you you try and you know keep up with the racetrack on a pit stop where on dirt it can change the lap time even you know by a second or two seconds so um that's just such a 
much bigger change than anything we go through on, on a week to week basis. I think that's the biggest thing is just, you know, keeping up with where it's been and where it's going to go to. So um, all that stuff's easier said than done, especially from a guy that, that didn't grow up uh, dirt racing or anything like that. So um, yeah, just been just kind of trying to learn, learn as much as I can as we go on them. Is there a surface that you would like to race on that you haven't yet? Uh, I mean, sand, mud, I don't know what they'll introduce, but uh, is there something out there that you've thought, hey, that would be kind of cool? <laughs> yeah, this week, uh, at least our stock cars don't do great in mud, that's for sure. <laughs> Anytime the track gets too wet, it, uh, the motors don't appreciate that. Right. It uh, clogs up the drills pretty easy. But, um, yeah, like I said earlier, I think I just have such an appreciation for all forms of racing, really. Um, I'd love to do more dirt racing and an actual dirt car at some point. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, a lot of the road courses are cool. I love watching F1, IndyCar, all that stuff. So, um, I think all forms of racing are cool. And, um, even my friend Riley Herbs, they've got a big off-road team. So maybe that's my way to, like you said, get into the, the yeah, sand. There you go. Racing all well, you mentioned road courses, and you have a top ten at Coda this year. You won it on the the in the truck series in twenty twenty one. Do you have a favorite uh, stop out there on the Cup series? Yeah, I think uh, I think based off finishes, Coda is probably one of our best ones. Um, Indy road course last year is kind of unexpected, but a really good finish for us there. Um, but I think just growing up on short tracks around you know North Carolina area, I always. Just, I'm so excited to go to Martinsville. Um, it's tough racing in these cars, just, you know, beating, banging 500 laps is a long time around there. But um, I just love, love the short track racing. And, and, you know, I don't think there's anything really that um, it was more short track for the Cup Series than uh, Martinsville. Uh, you're 22 years old, still a youngster. And by saying you're a youngster, I sound really, really old. Uh, but, you know, you grew up in the sport. Your dad, David, uh, of course, longtime driver, team owner. Your grandpa, uh, Butch, was a Winston West Series champ back in 1997. What are your early memories of growing up around the track? Yeah, my early memories are, you know, probably of watching my dad in the M&M's 38 car. Um you know, he got the pole, I think, one of his first starts at Daytona for the 500. So um, I feel like that's one memory that I have. And uh, it's just really cool, like he said, to be able to grow up around the racetrack. And <clears throat> I think some of my best memories, you know, since I was young are racing on the West Coast um, in the K&N West Series. And we were able to win two championships. But just going to all, a lot of those small short tracks where they've seen my dad and my grandpa both race, it's um, it's really cool to see, you know, the fans out there and, um, you know, just uh, how long that the, a Gilliland has been racing at some of those racetracks. So it's really cool. And um, now hopefully start building, building some more of our own memories for the fans for uh, in the Cup Series. What age were you when you knew what rack and pinion steering was? <laughs> I mean, do I still even fully know what it is? I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, but no, it's um, we're learning more and more about that with next gen car and all that. Well, you talk about, you know, your kind of early arrival on the scene and you were the youngest to win at the age of 15 in the Arca series. Uh, you didn't even have your driver's license. So this was like your excuse to kind of get out there and drive without somebody in the passenger seat, right? <laughs> right. It, uh, that's funny. It, uh, you know, even going to late model race and a lot of stuff, I had to wait till I got out of school and, um, you know, and then, my mom would have to drive me to the racetrack where I would get out there and drive with, you know, <laughs> mostly guys that were a lot older than me. So 
um, yeah, that was always funny. It's you know funny to look back on more so, and um, even an interesting story too. Since I was racing, and I mean, I probably had time. That's a bad excuse, but I never said I had time to do driver's ed. So then I was like behind six months, and I never, I didn't actually get my license till I was like almost seventeen. So um, I was really wishing I did it when I turned sixteen. But you know, when you're fifteen, you're not really looking forward or ahead that much when you're actually getting your license. So. Um, but yeah, the ARCA race, that was like my first, one of my first, like, I felt like big wins. And uh, my first, first race there with Ventrini, that was, that was awesome for sure. I'm not sure that a driver's ed instructor uh, would be comfortable with you drafting uh, while you're <laughs> learning the, the skills behind the wheel there. Uh, you mentioned your mom and she's taking you to these races and you can't drive on normal street, surface streets, but you can, you can, of course, race. Uh, how, how's mom as a driver? I mean, we don't want to look past her skills. Is she, does she hold her own? <laughs> she's uh she's maybe more timid than than us uh, <laughs> out there but um she gets the job done that's for sure and you know that's uh another interesting part is you know really my dad was racing till i was 15 16 ish um full time so you know a lot of times it really was just me and my mom out there at the racetrack and um you know a couple crew guys so that uh those are all you know really fun memories looking back on well, I would be remiss because it is Masters Week if I didn't ask you about this, but your dad went to high school with Tiger Woods. Am I correct in saying this? I So I hear that from him all the time, and he <laughs> says he was on the golf team with him. I've never actually fact-checked him, but that's, uh, I'm super jealous if that's actually true. I'm sure he has a story. Does he not, does he not have a great Tiger Woods story? <laughs> not that I've ever heard. I feel like I or maybe I just don't let him get to it because I'm always just amazed that he actually did or whenever he tells the story that he was uh, in high school with him and all that stuff. But that's uh, that's pretty cool. I'm definitely cheering for Tiger this weekend at the Masters. How's dad's golf game? Does he still does he swing it like he did back in high school? <laughs> we actually went for Father's Day last, I guess that was last summer now. So uh, it's been a while since we've gone, but he, uh, I think there's definitely a reason he's not a professional golfer, and uh, that's probably why he, he must have got dropped from the team pretty quick when Tiger got there. Well, you know, even Tiger would tell you it's it's tough to hold it together once you hit the the mid forty mark, probably. Uh, well, we wish you the best of luck Sunday, seven p.m. It's the Food City Dirt Race in Bristol, and you can catch it right here on Fox. He is Todd Gillen. Thanks, Todd. Appreciate you stopping by. Awesome. Yep. Thank you guys for having me on. Uh, we've had a lot of NASCAR drivers on this here program, but one thing we have not done yet, and we've been trying, we want to get into the entertainment space. Yes. We've reached out to several bands, uh, over, over the months and, um, the, well, ba the base, the basis for Smash Mouth on. was interested. Remember? The yeah. We could have gotten the basis for Smash Mouth. Um, <laughs> But and we then we, I think we had one of the guys from Beach Boys as a potential. Yeah. It just hasn't happened yet. So I'm actually really excited for our next guest, Chris. Well, the Nod Pod is excited to now jump into the cinematic realm with our next guest. He stars as Darius in the new movie Champions. It's in theaters now. We welcome Tampa native Hillsborough high product Joshua Felder to the Nod Pod. Joshua, say hi to everybody. Good to see you. How's life as a big movie star? How is it? Uh, it's amazing. It's a blessing. Um, you don't really hear much actors coming from Tampa, where I'm from. We mostly have a lot of famous people in sports coming from where I'm from. But um, yeah. like um, Tampa's being noticed now since, you know, we're starting to get more actors coming from where I'm from. 
putting it on the map for sure. So uh, you star in Champions, which uh, Woody Harrelson is the big star in this one as well. Uh, and, and he's Marcus. He is this kind of down-on-his-luck basketball uh, coach that, that operated in, the, in a lower pro league. But uh, he falls on hard times. A judge orders him to now serve some community service. And, and part of that community service is that he's got to now coach a basketball team that, that is comprised of individuals with intellectual disabilities. And, and he takes the charge. And, and your character is one of the, the players on that team. Uh, you star as Darius. Uh, what was your athletic background going into the casting of this movie? So I'm already a natural athlete. Um, back in high school, I did track and field and swimming. And with basketball, is already a natural talent. I've never played for a league or nothing, but I used to play with friends in the neighborhood or sometimes we'll play at the rec center. Very good. So how, how did this role come about then? How did they find you and how did you find them? So this was actually two years ago, back in 2021. Um, I got connection about a distance for this movie through this program called Best Buddies. It's a nonprofit organization that helps those with intellectual and developmental disabilities find like one-to-one friendships, integrated employment, inclusive living, and leadership skills. Um, with those four, with one of those four pillars, I used my uh, leadership skills to try to audition for this movie. It was me and about 10 other members through the program that was also auditioning for the movie as well. So I did my first two auditions through Zoom. Then I did my last one in person when I was in Boston. Wow. My, with my last scene, I had to be in character. Plus, um, the director wanted me to do some basketball scenes too, just dribbling the ball and making some basketball shots. Okay. And then um, after that was finished, I, I saw two signs that already made the movie. First sign is when I was still in Boston when the director was telling one of the staff through best buddies for me not to cut my hair and all that. <laughs> and then the second one is when I did come home and one of the other staff members from best buddies asked if I had a passport or not. After I said I didn't have one, they said that I had to get my, um, my passport picture in Tampa, but fly out to Miami to pick up a passport. Oh, I'm sure at that point you're starting to feel the butterflies, like this thing's starting to come together. Had you ever acted before? What was I mean? What's your your? Do you have a theater background? Uh, I mean, when I was in middle school, this was actually for fun too. I used to be in church plays. Okay. I did the Black History Month play. I did the Christmas play, and I did I think the Easter one. But on uh, I was just for fun back then. I wasn't really. I didn't really see myself as an actor at the time, like I do now, since I <laughs> made it from being in this movie. Yeah, you yourself, you you were born uh, with high functioning autism, and you play this character. Did you? Could you relate to to Darius's struggles? Uh, how 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 difficult was was it to step into that role? I mean, it wasn't really hard at all. I mean, I'm all about being in character, and when it comes to remembering the lines. I do have photographic memory as well, where I can remember things. And awesome. the one thing I have in common with Darius, um, the good side of it is that we're both good at basketball. <laughs> I imagine you're like you can, you got the handles. You can between the legs, behind the back. You got some of that. 
Yeah, one of the guys from the movie, uh, Ernie Hudson, says, I have handles like Iverson from the 70s. <laughs> yeah, Ernie Hudson from uh, Ghostbusters. Absolutely. Um, so what kind of feedback have you have you received on the movie? Because it's been out now for a couple weeks, right? The feedback that I've been getting ever since this came out for about three weeks now, a lot of people have been saying, oh, my God, I just saw your trailer. I've seen your movie. I'm very excited. I'm very proud of you. I need to get an autograph from you. And a lot of the Best Buddies chapters from other states, because I said it's worldwide, they've been wanting me to come out to their movie theaters, their movie screenings and premieres so that I could show love and promote the movie and also spread clues and have other people feel inspired from the film. So what surprised you most about the movie-making process? I mean, were you starstruck when you saw some of these guys, when you stepped out on, on set for the first time? What what surprised you about the movie-making business? So when I so when I was flying to Canada, because this was filmed in uh, Winnipeg, Canada, okay. I had to fly out for, and be there for two months. The, the person I was mostly starstruck about was meeting Woody Harrelson, because I've been a fan of his movie since high school, actually. What was your favorite Woody Harrelson movie? Um, there's there's two that's my favorite. The first one is of course White Man Can't Jump with Hannah Wesley Snipes. Oh yeah. And and this and one of my other favorite ones when I was a teenager in twenty twelve was the beginning of um, Hunger Games, if you remember that movie. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Woody's been around for a long time. I mean, I remember him first from Cheers. Uh, so, yeah, I've seen him in a lot of things, but uh, those are a couple of the of the good ones as well. Uh, so how do you how do you hope this movie impacts those uh, young men, young women, kiddos that uh, that are dealing with disabilities? How do you think this is going to hit home for them? I definitely want this movie to help inspire them, which I feel like it has been. And I also want to, I also want this movie to help motivate them and not have their disabilities uh, limit them from doing the things that they love the most. And you know, I, I take it that you've also had a unique opportunity uh, to perform in a halftime show at the Super Bowl as well. So this is not just a one shot deal. Yeah, this was also two years ago. This was actually two years uh, before we even knew about Champions. So so Ashley um, got this opportunity from best buddies as well and that was you performed here in tampa right with the weekend yeah my hometown the good thing about it is performing there and um the bucks winning because i'm a bucks fan <laughs> no how are the bucks gonna do this year joshua uh we have to see we just got a new quarterback baker mayfield so and we have to see who we pick up in the draft. Yeah, no doubt. That's coming up here quick. Uh, so tell us about what your hopes and your dreams are for the future. Is it? Do you want to stick with acting? Do you have hopes to get back into another one, or, or do you have other plans? I feel like I feel like um, the the um, acting industry is a new calling for me, and mm -hmm. I still want to I still want to um, continue to um, educate other people about how how um, people with disabilities, their disabilities doesn't define them and how we should be accepted and how we should have our voices heard more in the in the community. So as a Best Buddies Global Ambassador and board member, that's that's my um that's my career. I I just like helping other people. Well, your star is on the rise, and uh, we can't wait to see where it goes. Go out and check out Champions. It's in theaters now, and that is Joshua Felder, star and hometown product here in Tampa Bay. All the best of luck, Joshua. Thank you so much for joining the No, the no Off Days podcast. Thank you for having me.
Chris, I know you're still uh, bent about not joining me for Wings. So if you'd like, you and I can go catch the movie Champions. You want to do that? I'd love to do that. All right, let's go, let's go see that. We Thank catch you, Scott. Theaters. That makes me feel so much better yeah, about our friendship. We'll get Wings afterward. Could we'll, we have a bowl we'll of a... cereal during our movie? I, I don't know if the people around us would appreciate the crunching, but <laughs> who cares about them, right? All right, so this is the, the big reveal. You guys have, have kind of ridden this train with us for the last, I mean, has it been a month? Yeah, I, whenever the NCAA tournament Three started. Weeks, so yeah, Where we started the Sweet 16 cereal bracket and so much engagement so much participation and precipitation uh, and perspiration as well uh, as we started with 16 cereals uh, we were the selection committee and then we narrowed them down week by week each each vote mattered each vote counted uh, we had a lot of folks here at the station that uh, were maybe unusually interested in yes it. they've never cared about anything else we've done but now this, all of a sudden they... now they're they're locked in so yeah. uh let's go back and show you kind of where we started from and here is the unveiling of this last week's bracket so this was the cereal bowl the, the first ever cereal bowl and it came down to cinnamon toast crunch who was a one seed overall and then frosted flakes a classic a classic cereal that we ate as kids uh, not our favorites. We, we've been on record saying that. We seeded them seven. We were the seeding. Yeah. yeah. Frosted Flakes yeah. was a seven And I thought we seed. were being generous, probably, but, if I had to be honest. Yeah, but we may have given Frosted Flakes an easier path than that. I don't know. But here's this is what we wound up with. All right. Let's reveal our winner. Oh, come on. Oh, yes. it is Cinnamon Toast Crunch. And you know what? The, the numbers are in, Chris. And this was the closest yet. It was 51% to 49%. Wow. So, I mean, I know those people that were punching away for, for Frosted Flakes to get in there. But you can't take down greatness. I mean, this is Cinnamon Toast Crunch is a dynasty. And I, you think about the marketing dollars that have gone into Tony the Tiger. Have you ever seen a Cinnamon Toast Crunch commercial? No. No. I've never seen one. Never seen? I don't know what the, they have, mas their mascots now are the squares, the the toast. Yeah, horrible mascot. And th this is their mascot it, for our. Yeah, look at that. Look at the back of that box. This is no time. Money was wasted to do, put that on the back of the box, but nobody cares. Everybody knows what how good it is, and, and the taste it speaks for itself. It the does. The quality of the cereal speaks for itself. So, um, yeah. No, I, I'm, all right, I'm going to. We're done with Frosted Flakes. Oh, sorry. Sorry. They're Tony. not great. <laughs> they're off the table. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, do we want, how do we want to celebrate this occasion? Because I feel like making it this far, um, it's, we can't cut down nets. Well, I think the Can only, we, um, we should eat some more of it. I you think just I, handfuls? I, I didn't bring any uh, bowls <laughs> or milk. Um, but, wow. you know, as you and I analyzed many times during this whole tournament run, the, the best thing about the Cinnamon Toast Crunch is the milk that it leaves yeah. afterwards so we don't have that today we well, have it, it went rotten I we think, have last zero weeks. milk yeah um, i want to spray this all over you but i don't want to have to clean it up i don't want to have to no, clean it up yeah, afterwards you'll be, you'll be doing that yeah, yeah no, this is uh should we some. should we talk about the nutritional facts no, no, we don't look okay, at that we don't, we don't, we don't want to know all I, right so I, i'm gonna get in there yeah. And uh, this is your family box, so you don't mind if I stick my hand in there, do you? No, we're, we're, all, we're all family here. Oh, look, there we go. We can there. flick some. All right. So Silver. congratulations to Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Mmm. Mmm. Yeah. Even mm -hmm. dry. Yeah. It'll play. It, it holds up well. So. so much better with milk, though. But And it, thank, thank you to all of you who voted and and gnashed your teeth and worried about this along with us we appreciate the, the interaction and those that wanted a different cereal in the bracket that never appeared we heard yeah. you loud and clear and in next year we're going to do this again 
uh, and we're still not going to put your cereal in it because you were so obnoxious and annoying <laughs> yeah. about it. And maybe you next think Golden Grams is getting in? I don't think no. so, Paul Delegato. No, <laughs> Honey Smacks, Mark Wilson, forget oh, about it. Come on, that's I mean that that's like packing material. It's not actually cereal. And and hello Kellogg's, hello General Mills. We know you're out there. I mean, prime opportunity for sponsorship here. Don't yeah. make us go to post. Don't All make right. us pick a post cereal. Well, Cinnamon Toast Crunch is the 2023 Cereal Bowl champ, the first ever. Um, you know, this is Joe Namath. He called his shot at the beginning of yeah. this thing, and he's running off the field victorious. So it, it was fun to, to go on this journey with you, Chris. As someone that loves cereal as much as I do, it's meant a lot. Let's cut down the nets. Let's have our one shining moment, and uh, let's not do this again for a while. It was a lot of work for BK in the graphics department. It's a tradition unlike <laughs> any other. On Nance Week, we are celebrating CTC as the national champion. Until the next time we are on, there are no off days.